Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember I'm only as hip as my guests. I got to tell you something, people. Uh, I was, uh, a guest never got back to me today, and I was saying, what what, do, what am I going to do? And and I thought I, I called my buddy, and it's very weird because my guest today, I met him at uh, Lucky Lerner, uh who's a drummer for the Circle Jerks, party a while ago, which, by the way, people, I just saw a post, Lucky will be on this week's Bravo Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles I guess because he uh, he sold his show, I mean his house, and moved to a new house, so I guess he was on a TV show with his wife, and he says his dog steals the show. And uh, I met this guy at the party, and I said, hey, you know, I said, uh, you got to come on my show sometimes. And it just happened that week, I had a fallout, and I called him, and he and he came on, and we become good friends, and you know, when he's in town, we hang out, and he's uh, he's got a lot to talk about, because, you know, we'll talk about his drumming, uh, because he is, he's been playing with Jason Aldean, but he's off tour for the first time, and it's it's some sick amount of year where he's going to have more than two months off, which, us, as I call, you know, people who aren't in the entertainment world, civilians wouldn't understand that. But this guy has been constantly working, constantly working on the road. And my guest is Rich Rabin. How you doing, Rich? Hey, pal. How are you? Good, man. So, uh, so, so wait. So, so you uh, you were at the dentist today, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna the try to be super articulate and maybe talk slower than I usually do because I think they overnumb the left side of my face and I look like Rocky Balboa in the, in the last round, you know? Now, now what, uh, what were you getting done? What kind of work? Oh, you know, you get older, so they're like, oh, you got a cavity or this, this filling from 1970 is coming out of your face, so we got to replace it. So um, I hate the dentist. I, I always think of that horror movie, The Dentist. Um, but I know it's come a long way, but I always get to know, I get the, the numbing cream, I get the, the laughing gas, I get all of it, man. I, I just don't go. I, I, my teeth will fall out soon. <laughs> I don't, I haven't been there forever. I had tetracycline when I was younger, so my teeth are a little bit brown. So I'm like, screw it. What are they going to do? They're not going to change this grill. This grill is not good looking. And hey, I'm just going to have to deal with it. That's why I do comedy. That's why I'm not like a host. That's <laughs> funny, you know, because it's like, and I was hanging out with some like, like heart surgeons and like, like nurses that work at the cardiology wing and they're like, you know, if you don't take care of your teeth, it leads right to heart disease. So, you know, you, you got to floss and do all that. So the last thing I want to do, if I come over from a gig or off the stage at one in the morning is floss my teeth. Right. But <laughs> I guess you got to do it. Uh, you know what? <laughs> just, just so you know, to be honest, I already have heart disease. So <laughs> maybe they're right. But that's the way it happens. So, uh, so okay. crazy, man. Well, I want to talk. Thanks for having me on today, man. Hey, no problem. It's always good to talk to you because you, you you do so much. People, if you don't know this guy, I don't. I don't. I think honestly, there was an old movie years ago which was very underrated. It was with uh, Michael Keaton. It was a Harold Ramis movie who was uh, has passed away. We lost his genius. But it was called Multiplicity, yeah. where he stepped cloning people. I honestly think that Rich Redman is cloning himself because you're always. Whenever I look at your Facebook page, you have so much damn shit going on, and it's not the fact that he drums for the biggest country star in the world. You know that would be enough for some people. You know, but for him, he's got this going. This I'm waiting for him to like. All of a sudden, I'm going to see like a Rich Redman line of biscuits. I mean, just some weird thing coming out of nowhere. Yeah, like dog biscuits or something. You know, I love it, man. You know, yeah, you know it's true. Uh, you know, country rocker Jason Aldean might have been playing drums for him. Since 1999, and no one really knew who he was from 99 to 2004, and 
then we uh, we've been touring nonstop for twelve years, and so this is the first little break we've had in twelve years. So I've got um, six months of not touring. And we have I think one gig coming up where we do our annual breast cancer Susan G. Komen fundraiser. We do we're going to do it at the Grand Ole Opry. Um, but it's so exciting because I was I was like I got the old whiteboard out and I was writing down all my projects and. Addition to playing drums with Jason, I've got like thirteen projects going right now, and something tells me with the six months off, you know, not having to get on a bus and and travel, I can wake up in my own bed. I'm going to be able to execute and get a lot of these things done. So, you know, I'm super excited. Well, I wanted to ask you this, and me and Joanne were talking about this when you tour with Jason, because I know you guys were going more. It was like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I know you were in the Philadelphia area. And the other, uh, I know you were in the Carolina area. When you guys tour, do you leave Nashville on a bus or do you fly and then get in the bus? How's that work? Well, usually since Nashville is kind of like centrally located, it makes for super convenient touring. And the people that are touring musicians can really live a double life. They can, they can be family men. They can do work in the Nashville studios or write songs and they just we just have like a kind of like a bipolar existence where we'll get on the bus on a Wednesday night at say anywhere between 6 p.m. and midnight depending on where the gig is the next day we'll wake up in a new city on Thursday play the gig leave at 2 a.m. wake up in a new city Friday play the gig leave at 2 a.m. wake up in a new city on Saturday and then we're, we're back to Nashville on Sunday for the most part um, in my 12 years of touring, the most that we, I think we were ever gone in one fell swoop was like six weeks. And now that Jason is a huge star, we've gone from doing 220 shows a year to 80 shows a year. And I, and I know he, he's going to be pushing towards the Kenny Chesney and Tim McGraw model of just doing massive uh, stadiums and arenas like maybe 40 times a year. So that's the goal. That's the direction we're going in, which is which is fun because I still get to experience that visceral feeling of communicating with an audience, but then I can do my recording sessions and write songs and produce and, and most importantly, you know, act and host. I've been on this acting and hosting kick for uh, coming up on two years now, and it's really exciting. Matter of fact, I'm the house drummer, and I, I don't know, the relationship is probably going to grow. My role is going to probably evolve, but... I'm a little bit of an on-screen personality, like the drummer with the comic relief kind of a thing, over a new television show. It's called American Supergroup, and it premieres tonight, uh, 7 p.m. Central, on MTV Classic, MTV Live, and Pop. Okay. Um, so you just got to check with your cable provider. It's on all three of those networks. Um, and I haven't even seen the final cut, so I'm actually curious to see... I know it was a blast because we worked for three days, and in those three days, this awesome house band that's kind of made up of like the who's who of the better touring bands in Nashville. Um, we played with, uh, with 47 artists, and all the styles ranged from like metal to hip hop to rap, country, R and B, folk, jazz. I mean, we did everything. It was crazy. Now, now, how did that gig come about? And also, as a drummer, because I know you've you've drummed with so many different people, but as a drummer, and this gig comes, one, you're going into a group of musicians you probably really don't know, so you don't, you haven't played together. 
and then you have to know all these different genres. How did this gig come up for you? Did someone approach you because I know you have a good reputation or did you audition for it? And then once you got it, did you guys have to reverse for a, rehearse for a little while? And where do you think this show may go? Do you think it's going to get picked up? Or I mean, how many episodes is it? Is it just one tonight? I want to know more about oh, it. Oh, it's great, man. Yeah, no, man, you're such a great, you're such a great interviewer, man. Uh, it's so rare to have somebody that's such a good interviewer. And you, you always do your homework. But no, you know, I've been in Nashville 20 years and, you know, I think a man's reputation is everything. Your reputation precedes you. So thank God if I'm just, you know, trying to produce a quality bo uh, body of work and just trying to be a nice person. You know, if somebody needs a drummer in Nashville for a tour or a record or a television show, my name is going to be on the list. Super grateful about that. So, so yeah, the producers of the show gave me a call. As a matter of fact, the entire band was put together except for a drummer, and they wanted a drummer with kind of an outgoing personality. So I got the call, and it was based on a relationship I had forged like 12 years ago with the, with the, with the producer. And, and he had remembered me and he goes, Oh man, Richard, be perfect for this. So we had lunch and we talked about the job and do we rehearse? No, it's like most things on, uh, you know, in Nashville, Nashville musicians are so underrated and the skill set is so deep because literally we just showed up. We shook hands with the artist and we had to create an arrangement on the spot and then execute as it was being recorded, uh, audio recorded and video record, basically, you know, tape for television. And uh, we're just, I'm just excited to see what's going to happen. Um, it's my understanding, I, I don't want to uh, speak to the producers, but I think it's been um, picked up for three seasons. Okay. So I think there's nine episodes a season and, and that filming is, uh, filming this is, is why I'm not going to be come, come and hang out with you and probably until December, I'm going to try to get my butt to, LA on December 7th and crash some parties and maybe try to get my butt in a pilot or something, but, uh, for pilot season. But, but I, I think we're going to be filming all the way till like December 6th, um, which is exciting. So it's really, it's, I'm super grateful because it's perfect timing. I'm off the road for six months and then I pick up a television show, which is awesome. Well, which is great. What is the premise of the show and where do you shoot it? You know, there's this, there's this big, uh, sound stage in Nashville, you know, Nashville's really growing, which the city's on fire. I can't get any done, anything done in my errand days now. It's like LA. It's like, I used to be able to get seven things done and now I can get two because the traffic is so bad now. Um, but the, I don't want to, you know, I think, I think I signed an NDA. Okay. I, I, I don't want to talk too much about it, but it's basically, it's basically like a, a, a fun hyper reality show meets, uh, meets, um, like an American Idol or a voice, but instead of putting the focus completely on a, a singer, it's putting a focus on musicianship and, and, and having complete musicianship. So the people that are getting um, picked to participate are complete musicians. They're songwriters, they can play an axe, and they can sing, and they're all usually pretty good looking. So uh, it's, the, it's that quadruple threat that I think has kind of disappeared a little bit from a lot of television shows. It's just like, well, can they sing? Are they marketable? But this is all about, you know, musicianship and putting an, a, an a super group together, which is super, super exciting, you know? And, uh, you know, my mom gets to watch me on television and stuff, which is, <laughs> it's really great. Yeah. Now, who are the other guys in the band? We've got uh, Slim Gamble. He was the, uh, he's the guitar player with Lady Antebellum, and he was actually in, uh, who was the host of The Voice? That's uh, Carson Daly. He used to be in the Carson Daly band when Carson Daly had that uh, variety show. 
and uh, when he lived in L.A. And then we've got um, Tim Galloway, who's a, a really strong session player here in Nashville. Basically, anything with a string, he plays it. And my buddy Victor Broden is a bass player. He's currently touring with Thompson Square, which is a band that I used to produce. And um, then we have John Lancaster, who's out with Gar in the Gary Allen Band, and also a really strong uh, session musician. So it's like a tour de force band. Really fun. We're having a great time. We really are. And I'm really... Uh, psyched to see where it goes and if the popularity grows and all that kind of stuff. And plus, it's just always nice to say, you know, I've been on all the networks, your ABCs and your CBSs and all your Dick Clark productions and CMT and all that. But it's always nice to say, hey, I'm on MTV. I always want to say that. Oh, yeah. Cause, <laughs> I mean, it's so funny you say that because even like for some of the guests I've gotten, when I had Terry Nunn from Berlin, I remember sitting there going, you know, because I'm, I'm at the age where, and you're, you're a little younger than me, but. We're at the age where MTV was all music. And I still remember, I mean, just, I remember uh, the first video was Video Killed the Radio Star. Uh, Heck yeah. By Buggles. And years later in Burbank, there's a little pool hall down here. And I had met Jeff Downs, who was in that band, who turned out I'd seen that Yes at the Spectrum. And I met him through friends, and it was Jeff Downs and Trevor Horn. And I'm at this bar in, in Burbank. I'm on the patio. It's when I smoke cigarettes. And I'm having a cigarette and drinking a beer and talking to him. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't know if I should be really happy that I'm hanging out with this guy or if I should be sad because this legendary rocker is having a <laughs> cigarette with me on a patio at a pool hall in Burbank. <laughs> I love Burbank, California, man. You are, uh, if, if anybody's just tuning in, I hope I apologize because the left side of my face is not yeah, You so sound fine. It's you really sound bad fine. on, it sounds bad on an F. When I say F, it's like I'm rolling my F or something. But, um, hey, I got clean teeth, baby. That's right. <laughs> so now, now i got to ask you, I saw your posting, and, and I know you went live last week, and hopefully you'll go live more because you were very good at yeah. it. Um, but you were promoting uh, this this show that was in Dallas. It was for, uh, I believe, was was that for breast cancer? It was for a lady who, uh, you know. Yeah, it was actually, yeah, it was Sunday. It was, Sunday. Um, it's, it, was the, it was the second annual Breast Cancer Can Stick It Drumathon, which is basically a nonprofit fundraising organization um, created by my friend April Samuels. And April is, you know, one of the uh, busiest, you know, rock drummers in the Dallas-Fort Worth music scene. And she's a breast cancer survivor. She was diagnosed in 2010, and she kind of kicked its ass. In 2011, she was pronounced... Uh, clear and cured and so she created this organization and she asked me to come in and and kind of emcee the event and do some drumming and there's a bunch of legends there Carmine Apice who you know played with Vanilla Fudge and Cactus and Rod Stewart and Ozzy Osbourne very iconic guy he was also the first rock drummer to write a um, drumming book on how to play the drums which is which is really cool um, he was first on the scene and uh, then Mark Shulman from Pink Pink's band and he played with Foreigner and uh, my, our buddy Matt Starr, who plays with Mr. Big, but also is one of the uh, guys that runs that uh, really cool Ultimate Jam on Tuesday nights in Hollywood at the Whiskey Agoga. So we had a lot of fun. There was a lot of drums. We raised a lot of money. I know that we more than doubled the first year's um, the, the funding. So it's good. It's all about, it's all about uh, you know, awareness. And, you know, encouraging early detection and then, of course, you know, putting money towards, you know, research and trials and ultimately to find a cure. And, and I'm passionate about it because uh, my mom is a 30-year survivor of breast cancer and she's a super high-energy woman. Um, you know, 
she beat it and you know i think six months after she beat it she ran the new york marathon so that's my mom you know (laughs) now now how did you get involved in this how did she contact you or did you was it something you were looking to find a charity uh, a fundraiser charity to work for and you looked at the different opportunities yeah Uh, no she approached me she actually asked me to MC last year and I couldn't do it because of my tour schedule and after doing this on Sunday I was like yeah I mean anytime you need me I said let me find out what my tour schedule is for next year and I started to get an early copy of it and of course if I'm available this is something that I always want to um, be involved in and you know one of my offerings uh, was a crazy idea that just started four years ago and I can't believe we're on a fourth annual one but I have my fourth annual drummers weekend Nashville coming up and I basically have 10 world-class drummers, you know, teaching 25 drum students from uh, all across America and Canada. Hotel package, and they have, like, limo, and they get to study with all these world-famous drummers like Ray Luzier from Korn and Chris McHugh from uh, Keith Urban's band and um, uh, my buddy Nir Z, who played on the first John Mayer record. And um, all these, like, super hype-famous drummers, they mingle with the kids and they teach the kids, and then on the last night, we do a closing ceremony concert at a nightclub, really famous nightclub in Nashville called Douglas Corner. And all the money that we raise at the door um, goes is going to go to Breast Cancer Can Stick It this year, which is which is awesome. See, what I would have said, but because you're doing it for such a great, uh, a great uh, charity, fundraiser, I was going to say, because I know your drum weekend is uh, October 28th through the 30th, I was going to say, because October 30th is my birthday, I was going to see all the proceeds could go to me, but I won't because I'm not as good as a uh, fundraiser as the breast cancer. Yeah, it's no, I mean, you know, we'll we'll have to celebrate uh, after the fact when I see you in December. We'll, we'll, We'll go to that little spot in Burbank we go to with the happy hour. What is it? Where do we go? Well, I like Black Angus. There's also a volcano. There's both. But, uh, yeah. Now, yes. Now you you had this drummer the same thing you did to drummer weekend you did it in uh, April I believe uh, out here in L A how how was the reaction to that and when you put something together how do you do the whole process do you contact the drummers do you have someone the house doing it how I mean in L A I yeah. know you played at different studios because Nashville is more of your hometown it's probably easier to secure a location but what made you start the idea and I believe. Uh, what made you start the idea when you started this drummer weekend? What what did what made you come up with this idea? And and was it because you just and I know from different people I've talked to on Twitter, you're very you're a very mentor type with uh, drummers. Is that one of the reasons why you wanted to do it? Because I mean, in all honesty, for me, I think you know, as I said, we're from a different generation where bands and marching bands and all that were much more in the forefront. But now a lot of that stuff's disappearing. Yeah. Well, I'm a big believer in music education, you know, I mean, I'm a product of music education, um, you know, not a lot of people know, but I have my master's degree in music education, and, you know, I studied classical percussion, so I could teach, I could teach percussion at a college if I wanted to, maybe, maybe down the line, you know, in my way later years, um, but, so I think it's a, it was, I think personally it's a responsibility when people attain a certain level of success or notoriety in their field it's their responsibility to be a mentor, to be a maven, to be a, you know, a one-stop shop for encouragement, to encourage a future generation. And to me personally, I believe in the old adage that if you want to keep it, you have to give it away. So I'm completely transparent. There are no secrets. I tell everybody the gear I use. I tell them the musical choices I make. If they want to know anything about anything, 
I just tell them because I'm not a genius. I'm just a like a really hardworking person that's passion passionate. So when you have passion as your engine and you you fuel it with hard work, you know you cannot fail. So this is kind of like the message that I, I try to um, to bring to kids. And so this thing is going to end up being a very uh, multi-city, you know, yearly event. So right now I'm doing two, two a year. I'm doing Nashville and I'm doing Los Angeles. So the second annual Los Angeles Drummers Weekend will be happening at Musicians Institute. It will probably be the second or third weekend of February. So that's actually going to be coming up. And yes, it's all about relationships in my world, you know. So I personally pick up the phone and I say, hey, Mark Shulman. Hey, Ray Lazier, what's up, buddy? We catch up. Do you want to come teach the kids, man? I'll feed you. I'll have your drums set up. I'll, I'll pay you. I'll pay your travel. And they go, dude, yeah, I'm available, of course. And we end up having a really great time, you know. Um, so that's coming up. And I know that my administration team, I have like an admin team. My buddy um, Jack Clifford has a company called Scorpio Marketing. And he basically does all the things that I don't want to do, which is um, – you know, take care of the lodging and the transportation and the food and all the details and all that. So he does that for all my drum camps and all of my music education uh, type events. And then I also do corporate speaking. And I, I haven't told you, but I, I just ended up locking down this incredible uh, woman who is basically a coach for Fortune 500 company CEOs. Can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah, of course. Um, okay. I want to hear about this, but you got to watch it when you say, I just locked down a woman. That, that sounds a little crazy. I'm just, oh, my God. I'm just, that's really bad. I'm just joking. No, it's just funny. I'm like, all I can think is, oh, my God, Rich is locking. No, I'm joking. So tell me more. I locked, I, locked down, <laughs> I locked down. No, I, yeah, I basically somehow, for the grace of God, through another relationship, was able to uh, create this conversation with this gal, and she is fantastic and she has so many relationships in corporate america and there's so many things there that, that are coming together with me as a speaker in those arenas so um wow so we're just starting this partnership and it's really going really really well so far so i'm really really excited about that so now how did you get into the corporate speaking and and you have a very you have a, a whole it's a broken down in in letters and you also drum what made you want to do that and did you always feel like even as a kid you could get your message across because it's so funny I was watching TV the other day and uh, remember Tide Pennington yes well he was on a commercial like pitching loans and you know he has that look like you like the good hair and good looking guy and the way he was talking he's very animated like you so it's in you to do this motivational speaking but when did you decide to start taking it up I mean was it some part into your career and someone said to you hey rich man you know you, you really you're positive you got great energy you know how did this all happen that's a great question I think my whole life was literally moving towards this this purpose because um, I, I was always really well-read well with the, the Napoleon Hills and the Tony Robbins, and I think Olstein's doing a lot of really great stuff with his books because, you know, he, he mentions God, but it's really just like, you know, really whatever that is to you, your higher power, the universe, the, it could be any version of that. And, you know, what's the biggest section in the bookstore? Self-help motivation. It goes back forever, you know, because we all want to ultimately, you know, be as successful and self-fulfilled as we possibly can. So my drum clinics that I've been teaching, I don't know, for 
I mean, I've probably been doing clinics nonstop since 2004, and they just kind of took on this positive slant. And then, you know, I have a friend of mine who I went to college with, and I marched on the snare drum line at Texas Tech University named Hal Bowman. And Hal Bowman has an amazing offering to educators called Teach Like a Rockstar. So you could, t- you could check out teachlikearockstar.com, but... Um, much like you and I, Hal and I are kind of like uh, barstool philosophers. And one day we got together and he goes, hey, man, you know, the movie is so effective for you is just to take this thing and create an acronym. So in like 10 minutes, we came up with this crash acronym, which stands for commitment, relationships, attitude, skill, and hunger. And ultimately, these are five things that anybody in any season of their life, in any walk of life can use to be more successful, to attract more success to their lives. And, you know, the, the, the motivational speaking market is peppered with people wearing a headset mic and khakis and using um, PowerPoint. And that is so not what I do. I come out, I do a raging drum solo, I get the energy up in the room, I throw out drumsticks. It's like almost like Jerry Lewis meets Keith Moon, you know, with... with um, Tony Robbins. So if you if you took that three headed hydra and you, you mashed it all up, that's my event. And there's less than I don't know. There's probably maybe five drummers in the world that do motivational speaking or motivational speakers that play the drums at a at a kind of like high level. So the competition it's a unique offering, and people get excited about it. So I know that I'm on the right track with it. So I've been doing it for 10 years, and I feel like I've, I've, there's a tipping point that's right around the corner. I feel like 2017 is going to be an amazing tipping point year for my corporate offering. Now, what are some of the companies you've done this for? Um, the big companies are like Cisco, Johnson & Johnson, um, you know, Hard Rock Hotels, Embassy Suites, um, Hewlett Packard, a lot of mom and pop uh, organizations, and I've done it at all levels. I've I've spoken to kindergartners, I've spoken to high school kids that are about to graduate, you know, business departments, universities, and then even in a, a company like Cisco, I've talked to their, um, I've spoken to their ten highest achieving, um, you know, bigwigs, you know, at the, at the at the on the top floor of the Palms Hotel in Vegas. And I've also um, spoken to like 800 of their brand new hires that they that they either hired or headhunted, and and uh, so it's just really a, it's a unique offering, and it's completely scalable and customizable to that client. So next Friday I'm speaking to 10,000 firefighters here in Nashville, and so. It's funny because when people will say, well, what, is a, what can a drummer teach a firefighter? A firefighter goes in and risks his life and limb, you know, and there is so many commonalities between, you know, the commitment you have to have and the relationship between you and your band members and the audience and how attitude is 99% of life and the skill set that you have to have and, and having that hunger that literally, you know, no pun intended, but burns in your belly, you know, that hunger to stay successful and be successful and and constantly keep up with the Joneses and push your craft. There's so many commonalities between what I do as a drummer and literally any skill set or career path or, you know, it could be a small business owner, it could be a huge Fortune 500 company, it could be kindergartners, it could be, it's, I've spoken to everybody and it's just really fun and what's tied it all together is that people love the drums. 
the drums are man's first instrument. It's so primal. So everybody can relate to the drums. And the drums are what I use to kind of drive home my messaging. It's actually a physical manifestation of my messaging. Like, wow, he's actually walking the walk. This is not just something that he put together and now he's going to click and show you his PowerPoint. I'm going to be up there sweating my brains out and playing like it's the last time I'm ever going to play my instrument. And people see that passion and they can relate to it and hopefully they can take that with them and, and be higher achieving in all of their pursuits. It's funny what you say about the drums because, you know, you think about it, even the old uh, Vaudevillian comics, it was the drum roll, because it always instilled a point, you know, take my wife, take my wife, please, boom, boom, shh. And then also... Oh, yeah, yeah, try the veal. Yeah, and then also what people don't remember, uh, don't think about, but, you know, I mean, as I say, I love music, but when you go to a concert, nobody ever leaves and would say, hey, man, that guitar lick Eddie Van Halen did during Jump or whatever song, they leave and they'll go... Man, when uh, Godzilla by Blue Oyster Cult, when he put the mask on, he did that 10-minute drum solo. People always remember the, drum, remember the drum solo because a lot of times they don't hear it on the album. And when they see it, they're very fascinated because drummers can do so much. I mean, we don't think about it, but they, they have to use both sides of their brain because you have to be coordinated for the fact that you have to want to know what you're doing to keep the the music going and you're the backbone you're in the bass but then you also have to sit there and learn how you, you need to use your feet and your hands and and it's just it's it's confusing it's hard for the person to figure that out i mean do you ever just think and say you have a coordination level above people and then how did you start gaining the skill you had because it's something that you just can't pick up a drum and start playing it Guitar, you know, takes a while, but drums seem like they would take they would take a lot longer because you have to like almost reprogram your whole body. I would think. Yeah, well, you know, there there probably has been you know doctoral theses written you know by physicists and scientists on you know the the mind body relationship on what a drummer does really because it's basically you're playing four rhythms at the same time, and you know personally I. I can't relate to people that are multi-instrumentalists. Like they literally, they like they do solo records and they play everything and every instrument on the record and they do, I mean, this is a very specific calling I had. It was almost like my higher power said, this is your talent. So that's kind of a gift. And then what you do with that gift is your gift back, right, to the world. So this is how I know I can make an impact in people's lives. That's playing the drums. Because when I play the drums, it makes musicians feel good. And when we were playing together as a team, the ultimate result is music. And music is the highest form of communication I think we have as human beings. So it all starts with the drummer. And yeah, there, you have to have a natural affinity toward, towards it, but I just leveled the playing field with like hard work, man. I just, I got that set of drums and I practiced and you slowly but surely, you, you know, you're doing two things at the same time and then three times and then four things. And I have a whole system that I use to teach even five-year-olds how to play the drums. As soon as their feet can reach the pedals, I teach them the money beats. And the money beats are basically the five beats or the building blocks you need to know to be able to play, you know, Warren Zevon's Werewolves of London or Back in Black or, you know, basically any, you know, pop song starts with these beats. And it just comes down to teaching, breaking it down. Okay, this limb is hitting with this one at the same time. This limb is all by itself, and you just break it down very methodically, and you put on a metronome, which, like, for the listeners out there that don't know, it's just beep, beep, 
beep, it's basically a timekeeping device, and that's what we use to develop our muscle memory or our internal clock to keep good time because the drummer's responsibility is to keep good time and make the music feel great and make people want to clap their hands and dance and all that kind of stuff. So I wrote a book called Fundamentals of Drumming for Kids and it's a bestseller on Amazon in five countries, which is really, really cool. It comes with a DVD and there's also an uh, an iPad version with videos and I'm like, hey, I'm rich and I basically break everything down and I talk to the kids and kind of like that kind of like, hey, I'm rich. <laughs> I should have been wearing a clown costume or something, but um, not not these yeah, days. So, so it, I know that's in the news too. I'm hitting all those the new the uh, current event. <laughs> no, no one feels bad about clowns. <laughs> Let's get really. <laughs> Who gives a shit? They're clowns. They're creepy people. John Wayne Gacy was a clown. Anyway, so I'm sorry. Go on. Oh yeah. So yeah. So anybody, if there's any young people out there that want to learn how to play drums, it's a good resource. But you know, it's the, that same system of teaching will work for a five year old but it'll also work for a 50-year-old man that acts like a five-year-old. It's the same teaching system, basically, <laughs> that I used to, to... And some people, believe me, they have a natural affinity. They'll pick it up. And other people just have to work at it. They just have to... I'm just that person that has found success through hard work. That's that's my thing, man, you know? Now, part of your success is, I know recently, didn't a, uh, a new a, a line of drumsticks come out? What, and, and what was that about? Yeah, oh man, thanks for asking. Yeah, I have, um, you know, I tell everybody I've been playing the drums for 38 years, going on 39 years, and it. I say, you know, hey, this is a product that took 39 years to develop. Now, but in all honesty, it really did. It took about four years to develop this product, but it's, uh, it's my signature drumsticks, and they're called the Active Grip 595 Rich Redmond Signature Drumsticks, and they're available from a company called Promark. So you can go to promark.com, and there'll be a video on there, and it's kind of like me being kind of Jerry Lewis. Basically, I'm getting, it's just kind of a comedic film of I'm getting hired to work at the Promark factory. And I'm in the mail room, and I'm at the front desk, and I'm, in, I'm on the assembly line, and I get fired because I can't stop drumming on everything. So it's kind of fun. It's a kind of a fun little video, but it's just a great little all-around drumstick. And the selling point is it's black, so I'm the only drummer in that from, from that brand that has a black drumstick with the name in red. It's got a great feel. It's got a great balance for all musical styles. And the, the big selling point is that as your body temperature rises and you're sweaty, you're playing a big outdoor festival, you're playing a dingy rock club, and it, you're hot, there's this proprietary finish on there that kind of heats up as your body heats up and it gets a little tacky, kind of like me after two Irish coffees. And then it helps you actually hold on to the drumstick. So um, if anybody's interested in checking out these drumsticks, they're available, you know, globally. So not every brick and mortar is going to carry them. It's almost more reliable to go online. You can go, you can get them at Amazon. You can get them at samash.com, guitarcenter.com, musiciansfriend.com. Uh, I would just Google it and, and it'll tell you the, you know, who's got it. Now, did you have input on how they got designed? Yeah, you know, I'm getting into product design. I helped design this stick. There was a lot of prototypes, a lot of going back and forth. Um, I also designed a new bass drum beater that was that I designed with the folks over at DW Drums called the Black Sheep Bass Drum Beater. It's basically a two-in-one bass drum beater where it allows you to get the hardest possible sound with a lot of attack and articulation and then a very soft kind of spongy, velvety sound. And um, I'm the black sheep in my family. I'm the only person that plays music and is ultimately kind of like the creative. So I called it the black sheep because... It's a, it's a black wood beater, and then it comes with this little 
almost like a stocking cap or, uh, I mean, we can call it an afro. Afros are coming back. And basically, and, and you can put it on there so you can get two, so it looks like a black sheet. So you can get that online as well anywhere um, on the planet. <laughs> now, I also recently saw on your Facebook posting uh, about, we had talked about the first time you were in your show that uh, was it the Tasmanian band? Oh, wait, no, didn't didn't they just get a number one song? Or weren't you you wrote music? And I just saw you posted on Facebook about one of these songs you you wrote or co-wrote, hit number yeah. one in the charts. How did you get involved with this band? And how did you get involved in songwriting? That's really crazy. I mean, every question you're asking speaks directly to my craft concept, which is you know a commitment to whatever skill set you're working on, and then ultimately the most important thing is relationships. So, I um, there was a band opening for us um, about six years ago on tour, and I got chummy with their manager, and you know all these years later he goes, "Hey, I'm managing this really popular band. They're really popular." in Australia, and they're from Tasmania, so like the craziest thing ever, they're a Tasmanian country pop band, so their music sounds like, it's it's kind of rascal flatsy, you know, I mean, it's, it's poppy, it's got pop elements, um, really great guys, and they're just having a lot of success over there, so they recorded two of my songs that went number one on their first record, and then their second record just dropped, and they, they cut five of my songs, which is really, really cool, and this one... Um, I think it's uh, When I Was the One is what it's called. I wrote it with their lead singer and, and an artist, uh, another artist, JT Hodges, here in Nashville. And they cut it and they just, it just went number one again. So um, not everybody can say they had three number one songs in with a Tasmanian country rock band. <laughs> exactly. I think it's great. I, I yeah. think it's a Tasmanian band. And, and those songs are also going to, they're going to be on, um, sorry, man, those, those, those songs are also, I filmed them with seven cameras and high high uh, definition audio and video for my educational package. I have a seven hour educational package coming out, hopefully before Thanksgiving. It's called Drumming in the Modern World. And it's basically everything I know about drumming. And so it's like everything from like how to set up your cue box in the studio to how to create your own cheat charts and how to read music and tune your drums and program loops and how to get a gig and keep a gig. And there's uh, basically I deconstruct all the Jason Aldean hits on the drums. So it's about seven or eight hours worth of educational material that um, is going to be available in an iTunes-like format for, so you can download it to your device, any any device, um, from drumming in the drummingintheModernWorld.com, which is being built right now. Now, the latest, the latest tour, you got to play at places like Fenway, and you got to play near Philadelphia, and it's, is there still an excitement for you? I mean, I mean, I know, I don't think you're a big sports fan, but, you know, most people, if they would go to Fenway, it's an excitement for them to go see a game. When you're sitting there on the outfield lawn, basically, I mean, you're on a stage, it's something, you know, and when you're in that green room, what is it like when you go into these places and you walk down the halls and you know that so many people, some who you've looked up to, have performed at these places. What goes through yeah. your head, and do you still get that excitement? I mean, I, I mean, I know you probably played Funway before, but do you still get that excitement that when you walk through and you're like, "Wow, these some of these places you've played, there's just been these these you know legends, country rock and roll." Yeah. Does that still go? Do you still get that excitement as a kid, or is it something now that you're used to it because you've done it so much? Well, I'm, I'm, it's a great question. I'm very much a giddy kid that I, I love my job. I'm so passionate about my job. I'm so grateful for my job. 
and just a you know I've I've played four nights at Fenway Park. I mean that's unbelievable. So two sold out nights a couple of years back. We sold out a beer, and then just a couple of weeks ago we played two nights with uh, Kid Rock on a double bill, sixty thousand people. Um, amazing. You know, I mean, yeah, I wish I was a little bit more of a sports fan. I, I, I don't know how I can fit a hobby like that in because it's so time consuming, the fantasy leagues and, you know, ESPN 24 hours a day. Some guys are just really into it. So like, it's really special for the sports fans, especially in my band to play places like Fenway Park and Wrigley Park and all, you know, I mean, that's, it's a, uh, you know, that's, um, that's big stuff. But anytime I'm playing the drums, I'm like, just blissfully happy. Uh, but I do, I take a lot of video, I take a lot of pictures, uh, just so 40 years from now I could tell people, look at it, that's, that throne right there is where the person in the band that has the most responsibility sits. And I sat there and my right foot and my left hand came together in a rhythm to make all those people dance and move and ultimately be happy. So. I, we're in the business of changing lives. I mean, that's incredible. It's just an, it's an unbelievable thing. And I'm so grateful for it. And I drink it in. I always tell myself, like, like take this picture or, like, just drink in this moment because you've been working on this, doing this since 1976 when I got my little blue sparkle snare drum. And now that I'm in my midlife, I'm trying to stay hungry for that success and find new ways to be passionately creative. And as you know, you know, I'm I'm out in Hollywood hustling, doing the Hollywood handshake and taking my acting classes and doing voiceover lessons and I'm I'm not waiting for Hollywood to come to me. I'm creating my own content. I mean I've 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 created, co produced and acted in four short films. And I'm I'm thinking about possibly doing a Kickstarter and reaching out to people that have been following me for the last 12 years on tour and seeing if they want to fund a, a, a full-length feature that I can take to a festival. You know, that's probably the next goal for me. I'm also thinking about doing a documentary um, in black and white, of course, I think that'd be super classy, on just a week in the life of a working musician. Not the, fr not the front people, because the front people have a different experience, but a guy like me, which you would call a side man that's got to get up at five in the morning, and we're our own agent and publicist and personal trainer. We're not, I mean, musicians aren't sleeping, the successful ones aren't sleeping until noon. I mean, we're up, we're running our career, we're practicing, we're rehearsing, we're, we're living in airports and, and on tour buses, and we're backstage, and, and if we're not teaching a, a clinic, we're booking the next clinic, or I'm writing a book backstage, or I'm getting ready to chart songs for this television show that I'm going to do, which is coming up, you know, so, like, capture this and show the, show the world the, mu the new music paradigm, because the music industry is not healthy, like, file sharing has changed everything, so guys that were just able to do one thing and become multimillionaires, um, now we make... You make half that, and you do seven things to do it. And you do it with a smile on your face, because you love it. But this is where the new music paradigm is. You have to roll up your sleeves and work twice as hard. And I want to be able to show the world what that is. So I, I'm thinking about doing a doc. And, and what's so great is that the more I meet people, the resources are right there. I know a million people that are great directors, and I can get my hands on cameras. And I know great people like you, like... 
you're such a funny man. You know, I mean, you and I are, I mean, uh, we're, we're, we're probably going to do a short together. Right. So I love, I love all this. I really do. I'm in love with it. Now, I got a question. It's, I mean, it's just sort of not a really personal question, but you know, you've been on the road and it is, it's a personal professional question. You've been on the road for so long, as we said, you know, and you just said how all the stuff you do when you're on the road, if you're backstage, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to go at five. Do you think, and it, it, do you think that you may now, because you know you have six months off and you are very focused, but do you think that you may lose that little bit of the edge because when you have more free time, you tend to laze around a little bit more. When you were on the road, you know you had to get stuff done and you had to play that show. You had no choice. What do you think will happen now? Do you think it's gonna be different because you're sitting there and have the free time? Do you think you'll be able to stay as focused or will we be sitting there someday and saying, okay, well, you know, maybe I'll go down the street and I'll, I'll go to Starbucks and get a cup of coffee. And then you'll run into some people. Hey, what's up, Rich? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you think it's going to affect your work ethic? Because you were, it was very, you had that structure when you were on the road. Even though it wasn't yeah. a normal structure, it was still a structure. Yeah, no, I, I've already gone into like double time. Like I'm double timing, I'm executing, I'm getting a lot of stuff done. I get stuff done on the road, and, and like you know, the, a lot of the other guys in the opening bands are like, "Dude, you're like a, you're like a, a, a I just see like this apparition just going by because I'm on the road. I'm like, I'm going to teach an event, or I'm working on something, or I mean, I fill my days. Um, but you're still not able to, I feel, to get as much done because you're just trapped. You're at the venue. Uh, the, the 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 sound check is in the middle of the day, so you have to be around for that. Um, now that I have a completely open day, I'm able to work a full day and focus and, and execute. And I mean, this month alone, I'm, I booked on recording sessions on Music Row. I do recording sessions from my personal home studio. That is basically five steps from my bedroom. I go into my home studio. I record drums and I send the files to people in Japan and, and Australia, which is great. I've got my speaking engagements. I've got my drum camp coming up. Um, and then, you know, the other things that I'm working on are I really want to bring drumming into the modern world to the public and sell that as a product in time for the Christmas season. That's a goal. And then I'm working on two books with two, two co-authors right now. So I have to, I'm basically, I have two co-authors and around their schedule, because they're professional authors and they're writing other people's books as we speak, um, I'm writing a book on how to navigate the national music business because I have 20 years of experience here and I've survived a lot of changes. So it's a little bit of a niche topic, but I think it's very timely because people are moving to Nashville in droves and I'm going to be able to share that wisdom with people and maybe shave off five years of their journey and allow them to get to where they want to get faster. And the other book is basically called Crash Course for Success. And it's going to be a self-help motivation book and hopefully it'll appeal to It'll appeal to all ages and sexes and lines of work. It's just going to be that something like a Rhonda Burns, The Secret, you know, where it was, it's very approachable, a lot of takeaways, not too long. But the ultimate goal of my Crash Course for Success book is that I want it to be kind of like a chicken soup for the soul. So I'm going to have Crash Course for Success, and then I'm going to have Crash Course for Success in love, Crash Course for Success in business, Crash Course for Success in the classroom you know, crash course of success and parenting. And I'll, I'll have co-authors for all these books, but it'll basically be kind of like a chicken soup for the soul or 
um, kind of like the For Dummies series. And um, and I'll be cranking these things out, and, and hopefully we can get them reviewed by the New York Times. And that will ultimately help my um, speaking bookings, because when you have a book out, you immediately become perceived as an expert on something. So I'm really excited about I'm trying to um, hopefully get these books out first quarter of next year. You know what you should look into? You should look into a crash course drumming for uh, for pet therapy, and then you become a millionaire because you know you could play a little, a little, uh, a little the the brushes on the snare, and then the dog goes to sleep. You'd make millions. They'd be like, "Oh my god, he, my dog!" I could see the commercial. Oh my god, my dog was insane. But once Rich Redman played the the brushed the cymbals with his nice new sticks. The dog sleeps and didn't bother anybody. I'm telling you, that's your next hey, Coop, you're funny. Actually, the, the, the pet market is incredible, especially cats. My friend of mine um, owns catvideos.com. Everyone should check it out. He's actually the director of my Drumming in the Modern World stuff. Um, very cool guy, but he owns catvideos.com. So you can go to catvideos.com and you can see people love cats. They love posting videos of their crazy cat doing crazy things. And I, and I asked him, I said, dude, do you think you can get me to Grumpy Cat and then do, I want to do a video where I'm trying to maybe teach Grumpy Cat a drum lesson or something. It would be, and I think we're going to, I think we might be able to pull it off. I know for a fact he can, Kevin Bacon his way into getting me to Grumpy Cat. So that's kind of on my ever growing to do list, but I thought, I think that would be a fun video. Well, the guy who, <laughs> one of the stars of the Grumpy Cat Christmas movie was in my show on my show and he lives in Burbank so but I'll tell you Grumpy Cat though Grumpy Cat's not doing a lot right now I bet you can get Grumpy Cat on you know I think Grumpy Cat needs that comeback Grumpy Cat would like to do music videos I can get him for uh, yeah some catnip exactly now I gotta ask you you know you've been in Nashville for a long time what are the differences you think you would see from when you got there to now for a young musician is it harder to break in now or was it harder for you because there wasn't as much networking Um, is uh, yeah, you know, I get that. Um, I get that question a lot. You know, it was a, it was kind of a closed shop in 1997. I mean, it was it was a very healthy music business. I mean, co- country music uh, was really super popular in the early 90s, and then when I got in here in 97, it was there was kind of a little bit of a slump. But ultimately, you know, the people that were doing the recordings and then had gigs were doing well, and there was. But there also was fewer people going after that. So now there's a lot of people going after it, after the work. And I want to say that the business has shrunk. But at the same time, I don't know. Um, I have a lot of kids that I mentor that are doing really well. They're getting drum teching jobs. They're getting into signed bands. They're working every weekend. It's a tough thing. It's a it's a tough thing to see. I don't know. I, I struggled. I mean, my first three years in Nashville were very much a struggle. A lot of ramen noodle. Um, you know, I was a waiter. I parked cars. I, I taught. I was a substitute teacher, K through three. You know, played in the clubs till three in the morning. Was up was up at seven with my khakis. You know, in the classroom. It was tough, man. It was really really tough. And I'm and I'm finding that some kids are moving here right after college, and they're working and they don't have day jobs and they're paying their bills and they're making their way. So I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. I had it really rough. I really had it rough. Um, I didn't really 
I mean, I moved to Nashville on a Tuesday, and by Saturday night, I had a gig. I was working, and that I was starting to develop relationships, and then one handshake at a time and one gig at a time, my reputation was solidified. And here we are, it's a crazy thing, looking back 20 years. And the last um, five years, I've been coming, going to Los Angeles as much as I possibly can with the ultimate goal of I would really like to buy a condo in Studio City. So I'm saving my shekels, and I just feel like, um, I'm going to be going back and forth between those two cities, which I'm very excited about. Studio City's great because there are so many actors that live there. And uh, Burbank's great, but Burbank's more quiet. But Studio City, you know, you're on Ventura and you want to be on Ventura, I know that. Or in Sherman Oaks is also good. And even Encino, but Encino, yeah. Encino to me is a little bit too far. Like Studio City, you still have a CBS Ratford's right there, man. And you're right near the Burbank. Like, you know, if I go to work on uh, the Ratford lot, you know, the 101's a pain in the ass, but when I get in the 101, Studio City is the first exit. So you're always safe, and if worse comes to worse, you can take the side streets, and you're right near Universal. And it's pretty crazy. So now, are, are you taking acting classes in Nashville, or is it just when you come out here? Yeah, no, I, I studied with a, a great guy here named Alan Dicer, and he's had an acting school for like 20 years. He used to be on, um, do I want to say All My Children or One Life to Live, but back in the 80s, super great guy, awesome teacher, and so I, I, do, I do scene study with him, and then I take some of his, um, he has some nice casting director workshops, um, so that's on Wednesday nights when I'm in town, I do that. Uh, and then in, um, in Los Angeles, I studied with Steven Snyder, and Steven has had like a really popular acting class at the Complex on Santa Monica. Um, so I study with him, and then I have a great director friend of mine named C.G. Reich uh, that is, was the guy that shot all my short films, and so he's really, really great, and he you know, kind of believes in what I'm doing, and it's really fun. I've got a lot of people looking out for me. They, they, know, they know that I'm, I really want to capitalize on the funny and learn, my, learn the, 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 true, the, the rules of comedy and um, a lot of the feedback I'm get, getting is, man, I really see you hosting, which is to me, you know, to me, teaching, being a motivational speaker and hosting are so closely related. It really is so closely related. And um, I'm really excited about that. I really am. I want to um, want to go down that Mario Lopez uh, path. He's, he's very inspiring. I know, he does it in two languages. I know a, a big hosting manager out here. Like, well, when I come in December, we'll have to crash some parties. Like, um, no, like I, she, got, I got a kind of like, she's, yeah. she's like the biggest when it comes to one of, one of the most popular from hosting. I'll, 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 I'll talk to her ex-husband and see if I can set you guys up with a, uh, to get your, to, you can submit to her just to get the ball rolling. Cause you know, her husband, oh, great. her husband's like my comedy mentor. So it's, uh, yeah. So, uh, so now, now where can people find all your stuff? You're all over the place. Give it, give all your information, Rich, you know, cause you have tons. Well, of I, I told, I told my, uh, I, I told my web designer, I was like, is there a way around the building a fourth website? He's like, Rich, if you want to put this product out there, drummingintheModernWorld.com is coming. He goes, this is the best one-stop shop. It'll be a landing page so people can go in and basically you'll be able to download, um, you know, basically a la carte like iTunes, all these like 120 mini movies that are all educational. So that's coming. I'll let you know when that when that's out there. But the one-stop uh, hub for everything is richredmond.com. It's R-E-D-M-O-N-D. And that just lets you know really about my history, who I played with, you know, all my products and services. 
uh, you can download transcriptions of every Jason Aldean song I've ever played on, and there's a discography page where you can kind of hear my body of work, so it's kind of fun. And then there's CrashCourseForSuccess.com where you can learn about my, my, my speaking, and if you're interested in hiring me to come, you know, speak at your uh, your next company retreat or gathering, uh, community event, that's always fun. And then my new, my latest site is called Rich Acts, A C. RichAxe.com, and on there is my acting resume and all my headshots and um, my sh my compressed reels, and then these four short films that I've created. There's a hosting reel; it's all on there. So, um, people may call me a jack of all trades, but I'm literally trying to be a jack of all trades, master of all. That is actually my goal, um, and I'm having a ball doing it. I really am. So, yeah, RichRedman.com, CrashCourseForSuccess.com, and Rich. Com, and on all the socials, I'm just my name, Rich Redmond. And you put some good, you put some good uh, Instagram stuff up. You did that one year in a row, which is good. And uh, I've seen you know some of them. And that's good that you're you're involved in the social media because now you know people really appreciate when there's feedback. You know, I mean, I, I've I've gotten guests who get back to me. I always get irritated when a guest likes me asking when I ask them to be on their show, and they like it, but they never come on. You know, and. Uh, but that's just something like whatever because they get tons of things. Now you got you got a great show, man. You're such a great. Um, you and I were actually flirting with maybe, maybe when I come out there we can uh, create some content of oh, us yeah. like doing a freaking frack. Thing. Well, people loved it when we went live. I had a lot of viewers, and uh, it was good that one Sunday afternoon. People were like, "Oh yeah," and um, yeah, it's just fun. I mean, you know, it's, it's a matter of you know you come out. We uh, Joanne makes some guacamole. And and and, oh, and we go yeah. from there. And uh, so now, so now, do you still? We only have a few minutes left. Do you still get out and jam in Nashville certain nights? Um, you know, Nashville has such a healthy music scene. We have so many tribute things that we do. We have this thing called the Nashville Drummers Jam, and uh, four times a year we do a tribute to a famous drummer. So we've done tribute to John Bonham, Neil Peart, um, Stuart Copeland. Uh, Jeff Percaro, uh and, and Phil Collins, and and so like thirty of Nashville's finest drummers will come out, and we'll all take a song with this amazing house band, and we'll do this long tribute concert, and a lot of money goes to charity. So we do that four times a year. Then my buddy Tom Hurst has this; he's a killer, just freelance, uh, you know, studio drummer. He has this thing called um, Loud Jams. It's the first Monday of every month, so twelve times a year we have a similar thing where there's this huge Spotify list and, and the music is all a lot of just B-sides. So, you know, musicians, we coming up, we have to play old time rock and roll and brown eyed girl and all right. these songs that are just kind of worn out. So it's a chance for us to get together and it's, it's a gather around the watering hole and play B-sides and kind of just celebrate this amazing That's community that is Nashville. But it's very rare that I get out and, and, and play with a local band. If I want to do that, it would be, you know, I really like to have the control of the situation. But okay. one more project I'm working on. That Hurry I up. I, 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 I got I to wrap up. I got to wrap up. Okay. I'm doing a solo record, and it's going to be like all killer, like progressive rock without vocals. So that's coming up, and then I'll do live gigs. Okay, so people, awesome. check them out. Go to his website, richredman.com. Follow me on Twitter, at CooperTalk. Go to my website, coopertalk.net. You can email me, cooper, yeah. at coopertalk.net. Stopthesalt.com. Buy my book. You can also get it on Amazon. Or Barnes Noble, but if you get stopthesalt.com, 
I make more money. And also, Words with Friends and Instagram, I'm CooperTalk1. So follow me on Twitter, at CooperTalk. Follow Rich and go to his website, richredmond.com. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, and I will talk to you guys next week.